How's it going on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show here on XLR Land University Radio. I'm joined with co-hosts Chris Fortenberry and Liam Worley. Guys, how is it going? Good, and you? I've been better. I am doing, uh, honestly, I'm pretty, I'm doing pretty good for, uh, for, a, for a Wednesday night. I'd say I'm doing pretty good. Solid. Yeah. Well, it was certainly, I mean, whew, of, all, of all the weekends, I mean, we, this is only... We'll start with this. You know, we have two weekends left in, in school for this semester. This week and next week will be on the air. So this is about it for uh, for this semester. We go into our last semester of school. But, I mean, football and college football and NFL is, is heating up more so than ever, it seems like, even down to the dying days of, of this semester for, for Landon University. But, man, I wish we had more time for the show. We had to start a little bit late to uh, some technical issues. But, uh, man. Ohio State-Michigan was a heck of a game. Coaching changes are going on almost every day, it seems like. Auburn's got a new coach. Liam, you can touch on that later in the, in the show if we get to it. Um, Clemson got knocked out by South Carolina. Who would have thought the Gamecocks would be two top ten teams in the span of eight days? It's a, it's a crazy world we live in right now for college football. But, there, I mean, there really is truly no other spot, no other place to start out to talk about than it is, than, than is the game, which happened over this weekend. Ohio State-Michigan, number two versus number three, which sadly saw Chris's Buckeyes fall. Um, and a rather, uh, I don't know if you want to say disappointing or embarrassing or I don't know what you want to say, but a 22-point defeat, 45-23. to 23, Michigan comes away in the win. They move up to number two in the rankings. Ohio State falls number five in the college football playoff rankings. And I just want to, let's just, I'll just hand the floor to, to Chris. Chris, uh, what do you have to say for yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm glad we're doing the show now and not immediately after it happened because the emotions I had then compared to what I have now are, are very different. True, I can true. handle this a lot more calmly and uh, in, a, in a better fashion. Yeah. But, no, it was it was definitely an embarrassing loss as an Ohio State fan. Um, you kind of – we kind of get to experience what Michigan's gone through the past, <laughs> you know, eight, nine, ten seasons before the last two that we've had here. Yeah, maybe even uh, decades. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, the past 20 seasons up to the last two years have been – very much so in Ohio State's favor, and now it's you know I guess like every rivalry, it's our turn to uh, to feel the the other side and and see them do what we've been doing. So, um, I was I'm not going to sit here and, and and call anybody out like player wise. Uh, I didn't honestly watch the game. Me and my dad made the decision not to. We kind of knew this was going to happen anyways, so I never watched a second of the game. Just followed it on my phone. What the heck? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Didn't watch a single second. But, I mean, I could already tell you what, what the issues was. I mean, I told everybody beforehand that we simply aren't physical enough. And I'm not going to sit here and say that every one of our players doesn't look at this game as highly as they should. Because I know a, yeah. all, all, some guy, a lot of the guys on the team gave it everything they had. I know Stroud was out there giving it everything he had. I know he wanted to go for it on four, a couple fourth downs, and Ryan Day just didn't do it. So... I'm not going to sit here and say all the players didn't care because I know a lot of guys went out there and gave it everything they had. But I will say that there were some guys starting that didn't. Mm. I mean, we had a safety declare for the draft before this game even happened. He's already he, His mind was already thinking of the NFL before this game even he, – he should, he should have said no comment, I'm just focused on the game when, when asked about it. Never should have even talked about the NFL. So that's that, that was a safety for us, uh, Ronnie Hickman. And, and obviously he got burnt two or three times in that game, and the safeties were a big reason why those big plays were given up. Um, but, no, as a defense, when it comes to scheme, our coaching was terrible. Ryan Day did soft coaching. He was conservative. He didn't play to win. He played to survive, and that's why we lost in the way we did. That's why we didn't go out there and do anything 
in the nature that we should have with our offense and our defense. He had a fourth down. I don't know if y'all saw. I think it was. I think you sent the post, Hayden, or somebody did. Yeah. Where we were had the fake punt in play. Mm-hmm. It was like a fourth and five. The fake punt was there. They were supposed to the the center was the long snapper was supposed to uh, snap it to one of the guys in the middle, and he had the biggest lane to the left uh, through the hole. And Michigan didn't pick up on it. They didn't. And the long snapper snaps it to the punter instead, and we just punt it. But that's that's that was like twenty four twenty at the time. Mm-hmm. You know we were down, and that that's a huge, you know, turning point in the game. It's just it was. Uh, this is this is your factors here: lack of execution, poor coaching, mm-hmm. and it, it almost seems like we can't we can't rise to the occasion like we should. And in, in this game, the last two years we haven't been able to rise to the occasion in the moments that we've done the past years. And you know whatever you want to put that on, I don't know. Players aren't executing. I know our tight end dropped two big passes: one for a first down, one for a touchdown that hit both of his hands, and the dude dropped it. You can't do that. Not in this game. You can't do that. You can do that in, against poor teams that you know that you're going to beat. But when it counts, when everything matters, you can't make mistakes. Not against this team. And we made too many mistakes. And once again, Ryan Day was outcoached by Jim Harbaugh. He was outclassed, completely outclassed by Jim Harbaugh. And the reason this is happening now is and didn't happen against Urban Meyer is because Urban Meyer was a guy that you're not going to outclass. You're not going to out-tough. You're not going to outwit. He's seen it all. The guy's been through it all. And that's why Jim Harbaugh could never get that edge on Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer's been through more. Urban Meyer's gone the distance more times than Harbaugh. So Harbaugh, he's a great coach, but he didn't have the edge over Urban Meyer. Now Harbaugh has the edge over Ryan Day, and that's why he's not winning, and he won't win. Mm -hmm. He's not going to win anytime soon. Harbaugh's got that edge now. And, And my dad put it this way. He said, Urban Meyer's like Rocky Balboa. You know, he's a guy who's going to take a lot of punches, but he can punch you right back, and he's going to get back up. Yeah, you know he's tough. He's built tough. He's been through. He's been through it with Utah. He went through it with Florida. He's been in the SEC. He's been in those trenches. He's been in in the powerhouse of college football, and he came to Ohio State, and that's what he brought. Ryan Day hasn't been there, and he has, and that's why Ohio State isn't the same team anymore. So that's why we're yeah. losing to a team that's <laughs> got more physicality. I, than I us. mean, yeah, uh, Jim Harbaugh now has a winning record against Ryan Day. Uh, it's first back-to-back wins for Michigan. Uh, in the series since the turn of the century and I mean honestly I mean from for myself watching the game I was switching I was watching it at, at kind of consecutively I was I was paying attention to it while I was also at the Clemson USC game this past weekend and I mean obviously like the big the big term event was the fourth quarter Michigan kind of like you know they exploded for a lot of points there and that's what the big deficit you know the 22 point lead that they came they that they finished with where most of it came from and it, it was it was a neck and neck game for a, a while of it there was still a diff of you know which team was going to win? Was Ohio State going to pull out? Was was Michigan going to pull it out? But one of the main things I feel like I saw a lot of this game, and it's kind of what you said, Chris, is that there just was the physicality aspect of Michigan that Ohio State just didn't seem to possess. And putting that on coaching is probably one of the best you know places to look there because I mean the last two years y'all have lost to to Michigan, and I could you could argue you've been out physic out outclassed out physically performed both of those games. The first year, Ryan Day beat Ohio, beat Michigan, but you could argue that's with Urban Meyer's players, and those 100%. players already had Urban Meyer's tough, you know, hard coaching mentality in them. And 100%. now it just seems soft. And, I mean, even this whole season, I feel like Ohio State's played somewhat of a soft genre of football. You know, they play with a lot of, you know, finesse. They play with a lot of flow to their game. And when it works, it works beautifully, and it makes you think that Ohio State can beat literally any school 
in the country if they're, if they're playing at their best. But it's just kind of this soft kind of football. They're not the kind to just go punch you in the face on offense. You know, they're going to dance around the opponent. They're going to dance and throw their balls around, to like throw the balls around the field and, uh, and just, you know, out-finesse, out-class, out-play your opponent. But with Michigan, you know, they just came out, punched you in the face. Yeah, and you know what makes estab- sense? Established their brand immediately. When you, when you look at it, we brought in a guy against Maryland, okay, when our, run, our Travion Henderson was not yeah. running very well. He had like 12 carries, 19 yards. Mm-hmm. We bring in our backup, Dalen Hayden. He's a freshman. Yeah. He goes for like 26, 28 carries for 143 yards and three touchdowns. You know how many carries he had against Michigan? Two. Two carries for seven yards. He put in a linebacker, okay, a running back converted linebacker who had one rush for us all season. That guy got most, most of our carries against Michigan. He had the majority of our carries against Michigan. Now explain that to me. We have two running backs who are listed in the depth chart above this guy, mm-hmm. Chip Trayonum, and this guy gets the majority of the carries against Michigan. I know you want to do something different. That's great. That's fine and dandy. But why is this guy getting majority of the car- carries when last week your backup third string saved the day? He had 28 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns, and he has two carries against Michigan? I mean, what is this? I don't know. And then, I mean, you're sitting there on these third and short, and you cannot convert. I swear to God, all year long, third and short, fourth and short, we didn't convert. It didn't matter if it was against Western Michigan or Michigan. We did not convert. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'll admit I was calling for Ryan Day's head as soon as this loss happened. Now, you've been calling for it since before the loss. I, I mean, you were, I mean, you knew that if this – I mean, you were, you've been the main predictor of this. I'll give you credit, Chris. You've been saying this all – most all year that this was a team that could have that could lose to Michigan, and you've been calling for Ryan Day's head all year. So I'll yeah. give you credit there. He doesn't. He is a great coordinator, but he is not a head coach. He's not tough enough. Mm. He is not a tough enough guy to rally a team and get them to do what and, and execute and discipline them to do what they need to do to win the big games. And it's obvious we had a lot of penalties, stupid penalties, unsportsmanlike conducts, and just stupid stuff. Delay of game, false starts. You can't do that. And and no. That's lack of discipline. That's lack of tough, toughness from your coach. And you know who, who doesn't do that? That's Saban. That's why he wins all the time. Mm-hmm. His teams don't do that. They're disciplined because they know if they mess up, they're done. This has been the most undisciplined year them for them, though, too, which is why they've been struggling more than usual. Yeah. Very yeah. True. And you could you can, I don't know who you can blame that on. I it's, mean, they had like probably 12 to 15 penalties against Auburn for over 100 yards. They had a lot against Tennessee as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for Ohio State, I mean, there is – the offense was soft. I can you can argue for days that the offense was soft. The defense I didn't think played awful for the majority of the game. Yes, she gave up forty five total points, but I mean for most outside of like really four, five, six massive plays that Michigan had. I mean, what was there a stat, Chris? That you I don't know if you know the top yeah, of your head. They had six How, touchdowns. Five of them were forty five yards or longer. Correct. Yeah. They didn't have these long sustained yeah. drives that way. They were just pounding it down our throats, going down there, getting a lot of first downs, and doing whatever they wanted. Correct. No, it was two three play drives that were going 45, yeah. 75, 85, <laughs> That Tennessee brand of football. Yeah, broken yeah. coverages, just mm-hmm. people finding the right holes and people not tackling. No, yeah. I mean it's it's it was a terrible scheme. Like we t- we played stack the box, bring in the safeties, mm-hmm. and it was putting the corners on islands. That that's a great game plan when the secondary is your strength. Yeah, that's not our strength. Yeah, we're our weakest point of our defense is our secondary, and you put those guys on islands, gave them no help deep, and let them watch them get burned. All game long, mm-hmm. like I am, I have no, I've never coached a day of football in my life, and if I would have known Blake Corum wasn't going to play, there's no reason in this world I would have run that defense. Your corners suck. Our corners have sucked all year. 
All we do is give up deep ball. Talia Tagovailoa exposed our secondary. Mm-hmm. Expo- what did you think this team was going to do? Did you think that this guy was just going to come in here and blow uh, passes to dudes with 10, 15 yards of separation? That's not going to happen. Nope. We hired this. We brought. We spent a million and a half, one point five million dollars on this coaching staff, just defense, to come in here and change what happened last year. And they did worse. They did worse. At least last year, all they did was run the ball, and they didn't pass the ball. Mm-hmm. This year, they did. They did both. They had three hundred yards passing and 220, 250, 60, 70 yards rushing. You let them do both. So um, one point five million dollars to come in here and get worse. That's what we did. We spent money to get worse on defense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. JJ McCarthy before the final drive of the second quarter had only completed five passes, but it was for hundred and ninety two yards and two touchdowns. Exactly. And then even though Blake Corum only had two rushes for six yards, Donovan Edwards absolutely owned the second half of football. So, you know, it's definitely broken schemes for sure. I mean, Tommy Eichenberg, they were hyping him up all the game day. And they even, I think, talked to him for a little bit. And, you know, he was a leader on that defense, and he didn't come through either. So Nobody did. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our line, which is usually, was usually great, yeah. Our line, which is usually our strong suit, sucked. There's nobody that's going to just, like, no Bosa brothers, no Chase Young, that's just going to go in there and take over a game. We don't have that. We don't have linebackers. Consistent play from our linebackers enough to say, okay, the run game is not going to work today. You know, and our our I don't even want to talk about our secondary. The last two or three years, <laughs> it's been the worst thing I've seen ever. I mean, it's just I mean, you saw what Utah Cameron Rising did to us last year. It's embarrassing, man. And what they did on the right, embarrassing. So it, it's I don't know where you go from here as as Ryan Day. I really don't. Um, his press conference afterwards was the saddest thing I've ever watched. I mean, the guy just looks. Clueless. Well, he, just, he just, got, just got embarrassed. Yeah, well, he, yeah. he usually usually you come out like if I had somebody like a Muschamp or a Mike Gundy. They pulled come his out, pants down. I mean, yeah, who would just say, come out and say, listen, and, and get heated and get angry and do something. Show some emotion. Have a Cadillac Williams post-game interview. For real, do something. <laughs> like, don't just sit there and say, oh, I just, I, I just got to figure out where we went wrong. Yeah, I've heard that every time you do something like this mm-hmm. and you don't get in better. You didn't improve. You didn't improve from last year. You scored less points this year than you did last year, and you allowed more points this year than you did last year. So you didn't figure anything out last year, and you're not going to do it next year when you get beat by them by probably 28 this time. I mean, going. I mean, for for Ryan Day's hire, I feel like for Ohio State, I mean, it's it's, it's for almost every school. But you have three goals as an Ohio State team as a fan. Number one is win the national championship. You don't. He hasn't done that yet. Number two, win the Big Ten. Hasn't done that in the last two years. Number three is if if, you, if all else fails, if you cannot win the national championship, if you cannot win the Big Ten, you better beat Michigan. That's all you gotta do. Beat Michigan. He hasn't done that for the last two years either. And I know what you're I know what you're gonna say, Chris, to this answer. But I mean, truly, like like in a realistic expectation, they're not gonna move on from him this year. But do you move on from him next year if something like this occurs again? Yes. You can't keep a guy who loses to Michigan three times in a row. You can't I'd agree. Do it. I'd agree. If, if he loses to them next year. To be honest with you, if I was the AD, I would have told him as soon as the clock hit zero, I would have said, listen, your office, I already sent somebody to collect your things. It's going to be outside. It was nice having you. And I would have had Urban Meyer on the phone, ASAP, saying this job is yours. This team needs you. This program needs you. It's your time. You need to you need to redeem yourself from what you did in Jacksonville. This is your chance to do that. Bring Ohio State football back to what it was. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would have done. Because I don't accept 
what Ryan Day has brought to this football program. He's making Ohio State something that it it doesn't need to be, and it, it never has been. You know, you're making us a Pac-12 team. That's not what Ohio State is. So that scheme, all that's got to go. Mm-hmm. You don't lose oh, – Ryan Day has lost to Michigan the same amount of times that Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer did in 17 seasons. Combined their 17, 17 seasons together, they lost twice. And this guy's done that in the last two. Yeah. You're gone. You're I mean, done. I mean, I know myself and I know Liam included would probably kill for our teams to have an 11-1 season. But, I mean, for Ohio State, it's it's bigger and better aspirations. It's bigger and better goals. And if you can't even make, like, those, like the list of three things I just said, if you can't even hit the bottom goal, which is just beat Michigan, which is something you've done with ease over the last two and a half decades at least, then – then yeah, I do agree that Ryan Day. You know, if that's if you cannot get the bare minimum done for what Ohio State should be as a program, then you have to go. That right. was the first time they beat uh, Ohio State since we've been born at Ohio State. Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you get you get Urban Meyer in there, and you can't say he faced bad Michigan teams. No, Urban no, Meyer no. went in there and faced a number three ranked Michigan team and beat him. He got the job done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this guy threw up a goose egg. Well. Let's touch on Michigan for a second, because I mean, yeah, Ohio State laid, you know, they, they screwed this up. They 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 lost big time, lost forty five points to JJ McCarthy in this Michigan squad. But I mean, Michigan won this game. They're number three team coming in. There's a lot of hype around Ohio State, especially this season. Michigan, you know, had undefeated year so far. They've been under the radar a little bit in Ohio State's shadow, I would argue. But they just had a big win. They're going to go face an unranked Purdue team because that's the state of the Big Ten at the moment in the Big Ten uh, in the championship conference championship and. I mean, you can already make the argument. I know, Chris, you've made this argument that they should be number one in the country. I don't, I don't know if a Big Ten championship will influence that at all since Georgia's probably taking the SEC championship over LSU at this point. But I want to at least I ask for you guys, does, I mean, thoughts on Michigan after this game, and then also do you think they deserve a nod for the number one? I know they got a bunch of a bunch of votes for it in the AP, but in the college football playoff, do they deserve the nod to number one? I think they should. I think this is the most impressive win that we've seen out of any team all year. Agreed. Uh, 100%. Yeah. And I, like I said, the only reason that I could fathom by reading the protocol and the yeah. voting th- polls and stuff, uh, how the college football committee does that, uh, is just to avoid a possible Ohio State rematch in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, depending on what does happen this weekend with TCU and USC as well, Along with both Georgia and Michigan, we may see them bump to one uh, going into next week, but who's to know yet? I mean, I think they should be number one, personally. No, I agree. I think uh, resume-wise, what they've done this season, what they did in that game without their best player on offense, uh, that definitely deserves the number one ranking. And, you know, this once again goes back to what I think of, you know, SEC definitely gets the nod more times than not. True. And this is just proving that point. I mean, you can't sit here and tell me that Michigan's done anything worse uh, than Georgia, but you can definitely argue that they've done a lot of things better. And I think Georgia's had more close games than Michigan has. And they both had tight games. I know Michigan barely you know, escaped Illinois last week, but huh. Georgia did the same thing with Missouri. So, you know, it's the same scenario. And Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, those Kentucky. are pro- really the only two – what I would call blips, but, you know, you know they're not good ones. It's right. two versus one. Yeah. And I think uh, Michigan has a much better win than Georgia does. I mean, Tennessee has fallen all the way now to 10. And mm-hmm. I want to say Tennessee got beat by more th- uh, by South Carolina than Georgia did. So, I think Tennessee's probably up to eight or so. Oh. In the current rankings? Yeah. They're seven. Seven, sorry, seven. So yeah. there you go. But, uh, 
they, we could say we could sit here and say they're seven, but without Hendon Hooker, I don't think they're no. still number no. seven. No, so. I, I mean, I think Joe Milton can be a good quarterback. It's just not his time yet. Right. Correct. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's weird. It's weird to me that um, and Michigan also beat a number eight team, and Georgia's next opponent probably isn't until South Carolina at yeah. nineteen. So there you go. And to me, I just that doesn't make any sense. And once again, these rankings make no sense. Um, they don't. No. Nope. I'm, I'm going to hit on that at, at some point again here in a few minutes. But I, I still don't understand why things happen the way they do. Who's who's the minds behind all this? But hey, it is what it is. Um, my team, my number one team is Michigan. But I don't know. I don't think that's what the committee thinks. So we got to get Chris in the voters' office. We need to get all of us. I think we all Lander, can agree on this. Can Lander have an affiliate for the college football playoff? No. <laughs> but, like, like they have refusals in the playoff committee. Like, you know, if you're tied to a certain team or maybe even a conference, you know, you don't necessarily get a vote due to bias. So, Correct. you know, maybe if you're an American conference, you know, personnel member, you know, maybe you think, oh, SEC's bigger than Big Ten or whatever, which may be true on some levels, but this level is – is one I will disagree with. I think Michigan, I'm not going to say is unequivocally the best team, but they're definitely top one and a half <laughs> I'll go with. And I think if, if you know, there isn't going to be some SEC bias, it's going to be, be because Michigan beats Georgia at some point in this uh, offseason, which I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying if, if something does happen, that will be it. I mean, sitting at, I mean, for Michigan sitting at the two spot, I mean, isn't, all that bad. I can't unless something ridiculous happens this upcoming weekend for in the conference championships. I imagine the top four staying the way it is. I mean, nothing's really going to be moved based off the play unless TCU or USC have an absolute shocker of a game and either barely squeak out a win, if not lose. But for Michigan at number two, would you? I mean, would you rather play TCU than than USC for the first round of the playoff? It don't matter. Doesn't matter. You, I mean, yes, you'll you'll screw any they of the teams. Up. You'll beat both. I think teams. they beat both. I think they have a better game against TCU. I think USC's kind of, like you said it yourself, Ryan Day's. You know, Pac-12 esque. You know, I think uh, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams could score some points, but uh, I don't think it would be enough to overcome Michigan. I think simply USC would pose a bigger threat to whoever they play, but I don't think either TCU or USC would score more than twenty. So all Michigan would have to do is score three, four touchdowns, and mm. they win that game easily. Yeah, they're just not going to. They're not. First of all, their defenses aren't built strong enough to stop their that rushing attack. Um, and they're just they're just wear that defense down until they could just impose their will in the last in the second half. I agree. Well, let's also jump. I want to jump into this also before we we to wrap up the college football segment, and that was one of the bigger games in the state of South Carolina that we're in. I mean, it is the game in the state of South Carolina. It's the game that's happened, you know, I don't know how long this history runs, but it's a rivalry that, that boils blood and, uh, and apparently unleashes the Kraken of USC fans, which have been staying dormant for the past decade on Instagram because they all of a sudden I, I realized I follow 300 USC fans on Instagram. Didn't realize I did that yet. But Clemson falls for the first time in what was eight? Is it eight years? Seven yes, sir. years? Seven-year win streak? Eight-year win streak? Falls to the University of South Carolina, 31-30 in a tight game in Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina. It also breaks Clemson's 40-game win streak, home win streak that they had, which I believe led the country by a good margin up until this loss. South Carolina, like we've mentioned before, it's their second straight top 10 victory in the last two weeks, knocking off Tennessee 
in a massive game where they put up 63 points against them in Williams-Brice last week and then this following weekend defeated Clemson uh, in their home stadium. So USC ranks 19th in the college football playoff poll, the highest ranking they've ranked inside the college football playoff poll since its inception. And Clemson, oddly enough, stays at number nine in the rankings after after a one-point a one loss to their home rivals. What did y'all make of this game? I, I was at the game. I'll give my, my impressions later, but I first want to hear you two as, you know, you watch it on TV. How'd you, how'd you, how'd you see, feel this game out? I was, uh, I was also kind of, you know, double teaming them. I was watch had this game on one TV and the Michigan-Ohio State game on one TV. And luckily for me, I was watching it with some Clemson fans, so I got to experience their anguish firsthand, and <laughs> I'm, I'm really appreciative of that, you know? Uh, but for Clemson, streaks are meant to be broken. Uh, 40 unbeaten home games. It had been over 2,200 days mm-hmm. uh, since they had been beaten at home, and I'm glad South Carolina could do that. Yeah, all this, I mean, there was a lot of Clemson fans talking their talk before the game, but they couldn't walk the walk. And then, you know, Carolina fans, which granted they were a little cocky uh, after beating. Uh, Pun intended. Yeah. Not really. Uh, <laughs> not really. I, I don't think that's a great thing for them. Uh, after beating Tennessee, which is was their biggest win, mm-hmm. you know, since, I don't know, no, man, 2010 probably since they beat number one Alabama. Been a minute. Yeah, so. Well, they uh, they knocked off Georgia, was it? Oh, that is true. Recently. 2017 uh, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. 2018, I don't know. Uh, either how, you know, good for them. I'm happy to see that. Uh, Spencer Rattler's getting in a little bit of a groove. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure it's, if it's just necessarily him. Shane Beamer's rallied the troops tremendously there. I think he's a great football coach. And uh, Antoine Wells, man, that wide receiver is a dirty dog. I think he's probably a top three receiver in the SEC at this point in time. He's been playing that great. Yeah, it, obviously, it looked to me as when – the Tennessee game was going down that Shane Beamer started getting a big say in the play calling for the offense. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of why we saw Satterfield I'd agree. take mm-hmm. off because they don't really need that guy. Obviously, I mean, that offense was nothing uh, up to the Tennessee game, and then Beamer gets involved, and now you know they scored on, what, every possession but one or two in that game? I think every possession but two, yes. Yeah, so there you go. And then they come out against Clemson, put up, what, 31, was it? 31? 31. Mm-hmm. 31-30, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that that says it all right there. Um, Special teams was also a huge part in this yeah. game. They Sa- pin- that safety was yeah. when the punt happened? Well, that, they pinned him inside the 10, I think, four or five times. They, had, uh, they recovered the ball right there at the end of the game where Clemson muffed it, and, you know, that sealed up the game for them. Uh, I'm super happy that they were able to beat them. Uh, and, you know, Carolina fans, first time in eight years they've been able to you know, celebrate a win against their rivals, which is good for them. Uh, I think Clemson re- keeping the nine spot is just because there's not enough teams that we're used to that are necessarily top ten worthy, I feel True. like. Like, I feel like, you know, four to eight years ago, there was more teams that could contend with each other that were in the top ten. This year, you know, we feel like there's maybe five or six uh, on a good day. Yeah. So you got to fill the rest of the seats with somebody, and Clemson's just – I guess got a good enough resume for people in the polls to put them at nine. There's no, there's no need to really drop them behind nine when you look at everything here. I mean, you got Kansas State nine and three behind them. And yeah. You got Utah nine and three. Both Washington, playing in conference. Two, yeah, yeah. yeah. they're three. all playing in conference championships, so, so I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, it doesn't really matter anyways. You're nine, you're out. Yeah. So at this point, but no, this is huge, huge for Beamer. Beamer ball in South Carolina. I think that guy made his his name 
known and a, and a presence in this rivalry. And I think it's going to be something really exciting looking, you know, going forward here in the next decade or so, assuming Dabo doesn't take off early. Yeah, but, uh, very true. This is going to be a, a good battle between these two coaches. I mean, what really surprised me in this game, and, and obviously the whole DJ talk's been the thing all season, whether you want to start Klubnik, the the rookie, which I have my own opinions on that, and, and those, have, those have come with great debate, honestly. But, I mean, DJ was pitiful in this game. And you can blame, I mean, like y'all said with USC, the special teams was phenomenal. Um, like it, what's their, the punter? Kai Kroger, I think is his name. Dope name. I mean, he had at least like five punts inside the five or the ten-yard line, it seemed. Average 53.7 yards per punt I think I told Chris this we were playing football and pick up football yesterday he, I, I swear there was the most like the most beautiful punts I've ever witnessed in a stadium was what he was kicking on. I agree Perf- it looked like it looked like you had Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball downfield I was getting the, excited for punts I felt honestly, like Pat McAfee honestly yeah because every time something was going to happen I mean you got to be appreciative of punts every now and then it's just part, it's part of football you got you got to be appreciative of it and I was appreciative of what Kroger was doing so, so good for him on there. I and mean, I think Shane Beamer knew that this yeah. Clemson team could not sustain long offensive drives. I mean, yeah. DJ threw the ball for 79 yards and 33% passing. I mean, That's yeah. garbage. 99. Now, oh, my condolences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the game, I mean, Clemson, I mean, the fourth quarter only featured three total points. And Clemson had the ball, uh, I believe, with two or three opportunities down the stretch to you know, go down the field and, and, and score a field goal or score a touchdown or do something to upend the lead of, of South Carolina. And I, f- I feel like each time they started within the five or the 10. And every single time I saw that, I was like, it's going to take a miracle for DJ in this offense to go 99 yards, even with the time they had left. I mean, they had like 10 minutes left in the first opportunity they had. And I was like, I don't know if that's, I mean, that's, that's enough time, but like that's pushing it for this offense. It's going to take a methodical thing to get them going down here. DJ's not going for the deep ball. He's not going for the home run shot to win this game. And the one time he tried it, he got picked off late in the fourth quarter. And then, like you said, you know, the two fumbles on on punt and kickoff returns, it was after the safety that Clemson had in the first half and then later down the stretch in the fourth quarter, which ended up pretty much icing the game for Clemson. I mean, both of those, they weren't muffed They weren't muffed catches. They caught the ball, ran it, and then they fumbled. You can't be doing that as a top-10 team against your, your rival in a close game in your home stadium. You just cannot be doing that. And don't want to put the, the blame solely on – those special teams, I mean, the offense was also atrocious outside of, which has been the story for the whole season, outside of Will Shipley, the whole offense played abysmal. I mean, I could have counted on my hands how many drops there were on the field from DJ throws. DJ alone, 8 of 29, 99 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I believe a 27 QBR, which isn't low enough, I believe, to reflect how that game went for him. And surprise, surprise, Dabo's rolling with him as the starter for the UNC game in the ACC championship. Of course. I mean, Listen, you think this guy's won two national championships by being an idiot as a head coach? No, I, everyone calling for K to get in doesn't know what doesn't know football. I agree. K Klubnik hasn't come in and done anything outstanding to say, "Oh yeah, he obviously deserves the job." Dabo's not stupid. He's played like garbage when he's yeah. been in, man. It's not mm-hmm. the quarterback. I don't fault. know that he has a passing touchdown yet. It's not on Cade and it's not on DJ. It is the system. It is the players that they have around him. You there is no quarterback going to go into Clemson right now and put up much better numbers. Yeah. It is not a system built for a quarterback to succeed. Running back, yes, that's why we're seeing Shipley do what he's mm-hmm. been do- doing all year. But this is not a passing team. No. It's not. And that's why DJ, and, and what's best for this kid, is to get out of there before those fans and everybody around you yeah, ruin yeah. your confidence and ruin 
everything that you've done up to this point. It's what I've argued all season. For Cade Klubnik, I mean, first game of the season, he came in in garbage time against Georgia Tech, had one good drive where he had like two rollout throws, had a decent touchdown pass. I'll give the kid credit. But ever since then, which it's also coming off the back of the 2021 season where, you know, Clemson had their worst year, 9-3, and three, in, a, in, a, in a long time, and they didn't make the playoff. They didn't, you know, they didn't win the ACC. They, or did they win? I can't remember. Whatever. They lost a bunch of games they shouldn't have lost anyway. A lot of close games, and they should have lost many games. They won as well. It was DJ's first season, and everybody in Clemson was calling for DJ's head following that season. You come in into this year, you have Klubnik, who was a promised guy coming out of high school. He left high school a semester early to come to Clemson and be part of this team during the offseason training camp. And they, ha- they see one good drive of this kid, Klubnik, against Georgia Tech, and all of a sudden he's the Messiah, and he's going to come in and save Clemson and, you know, be this star player, be the next Trevor Lawrence, the next Deshaun Watson. And, you know, he had one opportunity in Notre Dame, threw a pick his first play. He's had a lot of opportunities against La Tech. He had a couple drives, didn't look very successful there as well. And I feel like with Klubnik, I mean, for him, I've said, you know, maybe he wants to transfer out too because maybe he wants an opportunity to show what he has because, you know, DJ hasn't, DJ hasn't put together the performances of a top-10 team starting quarterback, but Dabo doesn't want to make the change to Club Nick because it is a huge risk. And for Clemson, you could probably argue, yes, maybe they wanted to stick with, with DJ just because this is a very winnable year in the ACC. They can maybe just get by with him to the playoff, and then in the playoff anything can happen. That obviously didn't come to fruition this year for them. And now it's a case of do you stick with DJ long term or do you move on to Club Nick or do you move on completely to one of the new kids coming out of high school that they've recruited out for the 2023 year? We don't fully know. But I do agree with Chris and you, Liam, that, you know, Klubnik's work in progress. He's, he's, he has, has the potential to be better than DJ. I feel like a lot of quarterbacks have the potential I mean, they do. to be better yeah. than DJ. But currently at his current state, he's not. And if you, I, had, if you had slunk him into this game, I guarantee you he would have performed equal if not worse than, than DJ. I really don't think DJ's a bad quarterback. I don't. I, I, just think I don't think he he's that bad either. He somewhere that you can succeed. Yeah. I just you know, he needs to be developed still. There's a lot left for him to be. He yeah, just needs yeah. to get it out of him. Right now, he hasn't shown anything that, I mean, yeah. to me, is like, yeah, dude, you can go win a national championship and or I, contend I for a Heisman. I and their staff. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we no. talked about it the other 100%. day on the phone. T- since Tony Elliott has left, you know, he hasn't done great. Uh, DJ hasn't done great, which DJ had a year under him, but it wasn't yeah. great either. So yeah, And look no. at the receivers he's throwing to. I couldn't name a single one of them. I don't even know who they are. People think Joseph Ngata was like the second coming of DeAndre oh, Hopkins, God. but yeah. that hasn't happened yet. Well, only, only five guys caught a pass, one of which was a running back. Uh, Bo Collins, Will Shipley, Antonio Williams, Joseph Ngata, and Jake uh, Bringstool. Those aren't really big household names. I mean, it, it certainly isn't any, any T. Higgins, isn't any DeAndre Hopkins. Justin that, Ross. Justin even. Rosses I mean, that have been Amari in. Amari Rogers. You had Mike Williams. Mike yeah. Williams. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. yeah. Martavis it, Bryant was a beast. Yeah, and, and I, I agree that I don't think this is all DJ's fault. I, do don't, I don't think DJ's a – he's not a C.J. Stroud or a Deshaun Watson or a Bryce Young. He's not that kind of guy. But I don't, I don't think he's an awful quarterback. I do believe the system that they've been put in – isn't the best. I mean, obviously Clemson's lost a bunch of coaching staff in the last couple of years to bigger and better things. And, you know, this offensive line that he's playing behind is the worst that I've seen it for Clemson in the last half decade. The that receivers, is true as well. Th- this year was arguably the worst receiver class that they've had in forever. They're outside the top 150 when it comes to transfer transfer rankings. They're not bringing anybody in to help them out. I tell you, there's one person to blame for this. It's Dabo. Yep. And I think he's I, he's already you know he's already come out with a bunch of stuff saying he's pissed about this game and he's mad and he's gonna try to change some things, but I do think a lot of the blame and I was telling people after the Clemson game, a lot of the blame for this team and the way this team's been run the past two years is on Dabo's hands. 
whether it's not committing to a quarterback or being iffy about that the whole season or you know not allowing this team to be the, in the most successful offense or bring in the best opportunities that players can have whether it's using the transfer portal to you know improve this team or or whatever you got to do or you know allowing you know um, NIL money to be dished out to players to maybe bring players in as well not allowing those things to occur it's ruining this team and again outside of the run game which has been great uh, great for Will Shipley but this has been a really bad offense and I honestly this 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 31 30 loss against South Carolina it just almost feels like that's the like the peak or not the peak but like like the start of the downfall if that makes sense for Clemson I feel like Clemson's going down USC's going up South Carolina, I mean, go, is going up. I kind of, which is what we've seen in our lifetime. You know, Clemson was kind of high, then they kind of dipped, and, you know, South Carolina won five in a row, Clemson won eight in a row, and now South Carolina just, you know, kind of snuck one out. Maybe we are seeing that. I mean, I know there were some teams asking Dabo if he was interested in coming to coach for them. I'm telling y'all, man. I, this guy, he's, he's not staying in Clemson. He's, he's the heir. Take, he's old, the heir to the throne. How old's Nick Saban? 70. So pushing 70, if not 70. I think he is 70-something now, yeah. So, I don't – then I mean, granted, he's still got that little bit of a dog in him, which, you know, we haven't seen on the field, but we've seen off the field from him this year. Yeah. So, he's still got some grit and determination to, you know, get some success for that team. But, you know, one of these days, it's it's going to be time for him to retire or it's time's going to catch him. He's still got some great. I mean, what, he walked into that press conference with a cut on his cheek and said, y'all should have seen the other guy? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's Baller. a good five, six years left in Saban. Yeah. Like quality years. Does, does Dabo last that long in Clemson? Yeah. I mean, he did just sign a new contract. Sign, like, was, I was, say Dabo gets halfway through that contract and then goes That was like 10-year, over ten year, $100 million. 115, I think, yeah. something ridiculous. So. Yeah. And then Bama's going to be so desperate to keep their names afloat that they're going to go have to get that guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or Kirby, him, yeah, him or Kirby. That's, I don't think Kirby's that's it. Georgia. Kirby. Yeah. Kirby's the new guy. Well, before yeah. we roll out with college football, I want to touch on one last thing. Liam, there's new new sheriff in town in Auburn. And I am I, I wanna, I'm the, mostly happy about give, it. Give, give me your quick opinions on this and then we can uh, we can roll into break. Uh, you know, Hugh Freeze, he's had some off-field problems as long as we can keep those away from this team, which I mean, we're kind of the school of second chances right now with Bruce Pearl leading that uh, basketball program <laughs> as done, well. He's done great. He's I'll done he's done phenomenally. I mean, he's made Auburn a national powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if Hugh Freeze can kind of get things rolling with recruiting and stuff right away, which I think it was great for uh, Auburn and Hugh to retain Coach Cadillac Williams as an assistant head coach, and I think they're going to get that ball rolling this week. Uh, huh? No, it just seems funny that now they have two – of their, their big programs, yeah. basketball and football. Yeah. All you need is a coach with a scandal involved. That's what I'm that's saying. Where the coach, where the coach is set. That's what it takes. School of second chances <laughs> is what my dad told me. Uh, so I'm happy about that. I think, you know, if we give him three years, which he's notorious for beating Bama uh, over at Ole Miss, too. He, he's the last coach, I believe, uh, besides maybe Ed O, to beat Bama at Alabama with uh, Bo Wallace at quarterback. So. I'm happy about uh, what he could bring and how he could develop uh, Robbie Ashford. What's the record for 2023? Uh, I mean, I have high aspirations compared to this year. I mean, my over-under this year was 4.5. Right now I got my over-under at 8.5 next year. Okay, that's, that's a pretty big jump for the SEC, I'd say. 
Yeah, I mean, good. I was thinking eight and four is what I was looking. Yeah, at. yeah. Well, I would. I had the under this year for four and eight, and I have the under next year for eight and four. So, <laughs> if we can, if we can win one game that we shouldn't win next year, I think, I think we call it a Which success. I think y'all usually do. I mean, you're this year we did, program. but well, this yeah. year's off year, but I'll, usually yeah. y'all do. I'd, I'd put my my mortgage on the seven and five year, and I feel like that. I feel that's satisfactory. I'm, I, if yeah, if we you know go to a bowl game and actually win it, I think I think the majority of our fan base will be happy. Yeah, well, War Eagle, War Eagle, baby. All right, well, we're gonna go into a quick break. When we get back, we got NFL news to talk about and uh, a lot of interesting things going on here. Obviously, there's been teams struggling on this whole season. We're gonna talk a little bit more of that, but. The biggest news of the of the week is that the eleven game suspension of Deshaun Watson's finally up, and we will be touching on his return to the Cleveland Browns and what we should expect from him when he faces off against his former team, the Houston Texans, this upcoming weekend. So stay tuned for that. Remember to follow us on social media at Off the Bench XLR. We're available on Instagram, where you can find all things Off the Bench, including quotes, posts, and more. So check us out there. That is at Off the Bench XLR on Instagram. Listen to this one song, and we will be right back. We are back here on Off the Bench. My name's Hayden Joyner, joined with Chris Fortenberry and Liam Worley. The NFL's, well, I don't know what, what week are we in at this point? Like 13, 12 or 13, 13, I think. 12, yeah, something ridiculous like that. And what that means is that it's finally time for the man, the myth, the legend himself. In positive or negative ways. Infamous, as we would say. Mike White? Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Mike White's a good answer for that, too. 13, week 13. The... The oddly specific 11-game suspension for Deshaun Watson that, you know, just very conveniently puts him to play against his former team, the Houston Texans. Hey, I mean. To headline a crazy week 13 in general. He's coming back. He's a full participant in practice. Jacoby Brissett looks like he's played his final snaps as a starting quarterback. And uh, Watson's about to take take over in in the football sense this time. So for you two, I want to ask, I mean, it's it's perfect because we just finished up touching on Clemson. And uh, Deshaun Watson's back in, uh, back in the lineup for the Cle- Cleveland Browns, and whatever massive trade they made in the in the offseason is looking like it's finally going to hopefully pay off. With uh, maybe they can make a run for a playoff berth, who knows? But uh, what are y'all what are y'all expecting out of this <laughs> this first week for Deshaun Watson? I mean, luckily he is playing the Texans, which is practically a warm up game, uh, and he gets to have a little revenge on his old team. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see how he plays. I don't necessarily think he's got the greatest cast of receivers around him. I mean, he's got some definitely some guys to work with, but not what uh, the Cleveland Browns once had and uh, not necessarily even what he once had down there in Houston. So I think this is a good game for him to get warmed up on. And, uh, I mean, unfortunately, he's got a three-game uh, setback compared to the Ravens and the Bengals, which are in his division as well. So... We'll see if he's able to pull out something to make a playoff run, but I don't think this is the year for the Browns yet. Uh, interested to see what their uh, what their long term goals are with him. Yeah, I don't I don't really expect much. Uh, what I saw from him in the preseason was underwhelming, uh, missing simple throws, uh, not looking very efficient, looking kind of out of it. Um, I think maybe maybe he could provide a little bit of a you know kick start. You know, with his legs and his ability to do it on both the passing and uh, on the ground, but not no, like Liam said, not a great supporting cast. I mean, he has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to hand it off to. Mari Cooper, I mean, David yeah, Mari Njoku's Cooper. 
you know, a mid tight end. Mm-hmm. He had a great catch against. Yes, Tampa he Bay. did. That that's, was that that's was the clutch. only reason I brought him up. <laughs> Fourth and ten on that in that uh, circumstance was was pretty cool. Anthony Schwartz is a quick little fella. Yeah, so you know, they could do something you know, slightly better. I don't expect much of a difference. Uh, it'll be, I guess, good for Deshaun Watson fans to see him play again. I don't really care. I think the guy's a piece of trash uh, outside of, you know, everything else. So. I, I honestly won't be tuning in, won't be following, and don't care if he plays great or if he sucks. Um, so there, that's that's my stance on. Deshaun was Watson. it was it Jacksonville in the preseason he played? Who had an, he had an awful game and y'all were all chanting. I, like, I want to say so, yeah. Like you sick word I cannot say on air. <laughs> he he looked horrible, and <laughs> to I'm, be honest with you, don't expect. I mean, honestly, that. if you want to have a hot take, I'd say they lose the Texans this week. Really? I I mean. There's been a lot of buzz around around his return this week already. You know, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb have all come out and said that they're very excited for him to play. They've been, they've been kind of waiting all season for this. It kind of feels like a, a start to a new season for the Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson returning. And, and I can argue, I can agree, I can I can see the sense of that because you know he is a top tier talent that we saw before the suspension in the last couple of years. You know, he has been up there in the in the in the talk of one of the best top five quarterbacks in the league, top three even depending on the type of season you're looking at. So I can understand from Browns fans being very excited for this game. It's obviously going to draw a lot of headlines with it being a, a revenge game against the Texans, a return. You know, the Texans did kind of kick him out of that franchise. He didn't want to be there. They didn't like him. He didn't like him. And uh, he, he left and eventually got suspended in that offseason. But it is going to be a very entertaining game, I feel like. I feel like maybe I'll – I mean, I don't even feel like. I know I'm probably going to tune in to, to watch a little bit of it just to see. I know it's probably going to be all over social media, jokes, fueled, whatever you want to see. But – I. I kind of expect the Texans to come out with a little fire in this game. You know, it, it is a revenge game in their aspect. They're going to be kind of kind of ticked off at this guy. And I know the fans um, are going to be is – this, is it in Houston? Do you all know? Yes, it is. It is in, okay, that's what I thought. I know the fans are going to be going crazy. I've already seen it on, on the NFL Reddit that people are petitioning for the Houston subreddit to all flood the game and – and do the same chant that the Jaguars fans did in the preseason. So, oh, I I assume it's going to get pretty nasty quick for Deshaun. I, I do not believe it, or I do not doubt it. Yeah, so, aren't uh, aren't a certain select few people going to be in attendance as well? There are yeah. ten of them, from do, what I saw. Do tell the uh, people involved in the case. Tell me the please tell me Houston paid for their tickets and they're going to get like. Um, what is it? Like sideline like passes side or something? Passes or, I don't or, know. Or box suite seats or something? That Who knows? That would be interesting. I'm not sure, but that's what I was informed of through ESPN, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Houston. Good for Houston for doing that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting one. I probably should have put in game picks. That would have been really funny. But uh, there's th- th- Yeah, please this, do. That's an easy game well, pick. Well, this week's honestly loaded with playoff implications. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of and, good games uh, this week. And one game between two trash teams, but we'll get into that later. Why don't we do a special this week where we have one additional game pick? Just for funsies? Just for funsies. And make that You want to do it right now? Yeah, just make that the additional game pick. Well, it's a six-pick game pick week. Call it, Liam. Uh, I mean, I got I got Deshaun getting through a little bit of scrutiny. Deshaun and Backer. He's a Deshaun Backer. I'm not. Cancel I, him. I don't like Deshaun at all. I just <laughs> think he's better than the Texans. <laughs> yeah, and I think the Texans are horrible, and I think that Browns can just ride the backs of Kareem and Nick Chubb all the way home to a dub, so yeah. I take the Cleveland Browns. And Miles Garrett's just... Gonna, so he's, good. He's got to stop Damian Pierce. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't think they're worried about that. Give me the Texans. Oh, my oh God. wow, he's that guy. Not Davis Mills and the Texans. Davis Mills is he hurt? Mills? Yeah. Brandon Allen. I think last a week. Per- Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. I think a Allen's. perfect way to end this game would to be in a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. 
No winners and losers. I'm taking team. the tie now, actually. Give so me the tie. the tie. Yeah. If if we can do that, give me the tie. So if they win, do you lose or do you get half a point? If he wins, he loses. He only wins on the pr- a correct prediction of the outcome. How about of the game, this? Which if it tie. does end in a tie, he gets two points for picking the tie. Because then it's un- then he has one extra point than us, Chris. It's that's unbalanced. Yeah, but wouldn't no, no, be no, no. picking but a tie be like sick? Yeah, that's like what's the odds of that even happening? We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it because okay. that bridge is never going to be built nor crossed. I have a win or- for the Cleveland Browns. He has a tie. You have a win for te- the Texans. That's perfectly. So we've balanced. covered yeah. all three as all things should be. Yes. 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 So just put that, that wish. And if Liam does get get that right, that's a two pointer. But if if they Fine. win or lose, fair enough. Fair enough. Zero. See, yes. what, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like our, the chances of us getting our point there's are a only lot one winner. Than him getting yeah. His. yeah, there's only one winner. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I get that. Boom. Boom. <sighs> it feels like like it was like forever ago when Deshaun Watson was in the NFL. It, it really does feel like it was a long time ago. Yeah. And I'm know. glad. I'm glad I haven't heard anything on Deshaun Watson football wise. We had to endure a whole off season of it. It's uh, we're probably going to endure at least at least one week and before the. I don't want to call it hype, but before the hype wears down off of off of his return. But anyway, uh, a quarterback that made their not really return, but maybe their debut as being a decent player was uh, Jordan Love with the Packers this past week on Sunday night. Sunday night football was it? The Packers and the, yeah, yes, and the Eagles. Jordan Love came in for the injured Aaron Rodgers in the second half, and he put up a stat line of six of nine, 113 yards, one touchdown. And I talked to a few Packers fans I know online and all of them were saying that he looked like he was throwing the ball with urgency he looked fantastic and from what i saw on the on the field watch that game on tv he honestly looked i don't want to say better than rogers but he was comparable to rogers yeah. before rogers got hurt i mean, I mean he was slinging that thing he was torching them and he led the he led the packers on kind of a mini comeback to make it a, a reasonable loss a respectable loss against the eagles yeah so rogers is hurt it hasn't been the best of year from him you might think he might be moving on. Whether I, I've I've heard rumors of a direct Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers trade with with Las Vegas this offseason that could potentially be occurring. With some of the rumors I've seen on Reddit and Twitter, couple of Tay Adams reunions we've been seeing. Yeah, so <laughs> just be wild. Like, <laughs> did they just do that just so they could pair up and maybe Vegas? man, maybe they, 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 it was planned years Better ago. Better lifestyle for him. Says, I'm gonna tank this season. Just play terrible. We're gonna get a straight up trade with Derek Carr, who's also <laughs> playing terrible. And we're gold. That boy's are uh, Aaron Rodgers already has a house in Reno, I believe. Her name is Reno. I know I'm switching up the name here, but you know that song? No. The who, her name is Rio and she dances in the sand. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just went with Reno. Oh okay. Good joke. Yeah. <laughs> good good I thought, joke. You know, I I, do I, I didn't that, catch uh, up on it yeah. as much. It's all right. It's not yeah. a very common song. I mean, I, a lot of people know it, but you know, my generation probably doesn't know it. Yeah, unfortunately, which I am in. Yes. Yeah. Did you know it, Hayden? I did not. Same Maybe I right heard it. I'm, I'm more of an auditory than. than it like didn't really work. Lyrics, but yeah. You had to know what I was talking about to get it and make it funny. Yeah. But yeah. it really wasn't funny. <laughs> it was just a pun that. It'll be okay. I apologize. Didn't land. It'll be okay. Correct, but. Jordan Love played pretty good, and it was only like maybe a quarter and a half to really judge upon. But, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is playing this bad, I don't think you're ever going to bench Aaron Rodgers, but he is kind of questionable for the next game with Jordan Love. Are the Packers, I will argue, I'll ask with you guys at least, just because, you know, this is just talking points to find something. Do you think he's honestly, maybe the Packers will be better off with, with Love, if not this season, maybe next season, if, like, they do swap with Derek Carr? Is he at least somewhat of a future for the Packers, or should they look past him? I think so. I mean, they've been keeping him around for a while. You know, he's only had, what, the one start uh, at Kansas City? Yeah. So, yeah. 
you know, he hasn't really done anything to not deserve a chance, I think. So if they give him a head-to-head matchup against Derek Carr and training camps and stuff, you know, maybe he comes out uh, the other side and gets that, which I could see happening. I mean, Derek Carr's got the best cast of receivers he's had in a long time and is playing the worst he has in a long time, in yeah. my opinion. So, you know, given that opportunity, I think Aaron Rodgers sat, what, four years behind Brett Favre? And, and then he finally got his shot, and look mm-hmm. what he's done. So you never know what's going to happen. I mean, sometimes having that time to sit back under a legend like that and develop yeah. and just learn the game, maybe it works out perfect. Yeah, and if, you know, uh, there's there's going to be some good receivers that come out of this draft, and if Green Bay can pick one up, you know, early to midway in the first round, you get a Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, a Jalen Hyatt. You get somebody like that, you give someone to build chemistry with, good things can happen. I mean, like, I mean we saw Devontae Adams – have some great chemistry with uh, Aaron Rodgers once he was able to get drafted. So, who knows? If Aaron Rodgers leaves for for Vegas or wherever the heck he wants to go after the season and Jordan Love starts and that's when the Packers decide to actually draft a receiver, he might actually lose his mind more than he's already lost already. He might be on the Pat McAfee show three times a week next season. Seems kind of hard to want to do stuff for Aaron Rodgers when he just seems like such an arrogant a-hole. You know what I'm saying? He does. Like, who would want to do something for that guy? I mean, he, he doesn't even talk to his own family anymore. Is that what the AA stands for in AA, Ron? Uh, probably. I mean, he just seems like an awful human being. Like, I if I wouldn't want to do anything for the guy. Yeah. You watch him talk. You listen to him talk. I mean, do stuff with the people he cares about. He can't keep a girlfriend, obviously. Danica Patrick, no, man. Come on. The girl, Shailene Woodley, they were engaged, and now they're not. I yeah. Mean, it's Olivia Munn. Like, they were, like, engaged for a while. I think Danica married. Patrick was engaged. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, the guy just seems mm. like just a horrible person. So, yeah. I mean, to me, I would be a lot more behind Jordan Love and getting Aaron Rodgers out. They, they, they must know something about this kid because they've obviously they kept retained him for this him long. For, was yeah. it, is this his third year in the league? Third no, or fourth, No, it's got to be more man. than that. Really? It's got to be four now. I, I'd go third or fourth. I'm I mean, he went to Utah State, so he was pretty irrelevant there in the first place until he got, you know, went to the combine. And you think this is your, uh, he's 24, so. Yeah. Did I'd he go a year early? He was drafted in 2020. Okay. So 2020, be, 2021, 2022. This would be his third mm-hmm. year. Third, yeah. yeah. So, ha! I knew it. Hey, I, I said third <laughs> or fourth. I didn't pick a side. Yeah. Currently, I mean, the Packers, the, the, their upcoming matchup, they are. Aaron Rodgers is feeling okay after his injury in the second half, but they said that. I don't, I don't agree with Lafleur here, but they did say they would roll with Aaron if he felt good enough to play. But I mean, you have to for the Packers. I mean, they're math. They're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet, but. They're sitting so 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 poorly in the rankings that I wouldn't think that you really want to push this season. I don't think you have the chance to make the playoffs. I mean, sitting at eight and four currently, I think they're either maybe third in the North at the moment. I don't Wait, know four and eight, four and eight. Yeah, is that what I said? You said eight and four. Why do I do this all the time? You're good. I might be I might be screwed. You got up. a lot of numbers in your head, man. It's hard to keep it's, up. It's with very that. true. It's very true. Yeah, four and eight at the moment. I don't. I mean, honestly, would you want to argue that you roll with love the rest of the way if Rodgers' injury is maybe more substantial than you think it is? Nah, I think it's. I think everyone kind of sees the writing on the wall. This is his last season in Green Bay, so just let him have his. You know, I truly thought that last his, year. I thought that last year. I, mean, I think I it's guess more let clear him have now. his moment yeah. in the sun a little bit. I mean, I, I feel like after this game, you can't really. I mean, or not after, after this season. I, don't know. I mean, Christian Watson's been dogging, too, out there. Yeah, he's really back. starting to come around. Yeah. I think it's going to kind of be like an aligning of the stars for Aaron Rodgers to leave and this young cast to, like, mesh together. Yeah, give well. them two, three years to, you know, become 
and like solid said, playoff contenders. Yeah. Draft somebody and you know somebody. Yeah, with some I mean talent, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon's not a terrible backfield to have. Yeah. You know, if Bach, looks promising. if yeah. you can keep Bakhtiari healthy and you know extend him, I'm not sure of his age or his current contract status, but you know if you can keep him and you know maybe get another guy or two for the offensive line, you're gonna probably do good things. Plus, I don't think it's gonna be very hard to get people in free agency to come to Green Bay with the history that they have and how well. Uh, rounded of a team they usually and are. it's a pretty nonchalant place to go play right. football yeah. like you know you have a super loyal fan base and you know green bay is the smallest city in which an nfl team is so you know it's probably not you know terrible living aside from four or five months yeah, out of the year when it's playing. freezing cold yeah. everyone wants the lambo leap right yeah i want yeah. a lambo leap i'd do it and it makes sense for rogers and tay adams to escape to a to a warm desert because it's the opposite of what they played in for their whole careers yeah so when they leave off you you, you start drawing love up you let them have a few successful games to, you know, build some credibility. I mean, Matt LaFleur and the coaching staff has been phenomenal since he's come in. I mean, he, he might have the highest winning percentage as a head coach ever at this point because I, I swear he averages like a 12-4 and four season every single year. He's coached so far or 13-3 and three or something ridiculous. But I think it's I think it's a there's a positive direction the Packers are going now. And this is all based off of like one quarter and a half that Jordan Love's played. But, I mean, it's kind of the writing on the wall where, you know, that was against – arguably the best team in the NFL. And they've kept him for, this is his third year now, so there must be something that he's shown in camp or whatever that you know they're, that they're, that's, they're thinking could be the future of Green Bay. So I'll give them a nod here. Maybe Green Bay's being a little smart here. Maybe they're wanting to just kind of, maybe they're not signing, pe- signing people because they just want to force Aaron Rodgers out, and it might be the chess move of the century telling you. when Jordan Love comes in, goes 12-5, and five and goes to the NFC Championship in his first year. Yeah, I'd, I'd, like I said, wouldn't want to deal with Aaron Rodgers, wouldn't want to put up with him, wouldn't want to help the guy. So I think it's best that they just let him go. Maybe. Potentially, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, running a little low on timer, so I want to get into uh, I want to get into game picks here for you guys. It's been an exciting couple of weeks. Obviously, we were not on the show last week. Uh, we were off for Thanksgiving break for our school. So I want to catch up catch us up on the rankings. We still did game picks over the over the break, and Liam still holds a, a very wide margin over Chris and I. He has a ten game lead, sitting at forty two and eighteen. God, that, I mean, through 60, 60 predictions through twelve weeks. That has to be easily the best record. I was hoping to go three to one ratio. Well, I want. Is that better than? Three? No, it's not. It's not. No. Okay. Well, that's like forty-five and fifteen, something like that. Yeah, it, I was. Do, I, two do, weeks ago, I was shooting for like thirty-nine and thirteen, and ended up, you know, missing it by a game 42 or so. Forty-two divided by sixty is a seventy percent correctability. Yeah, so I'll just, take that. You're just. I mean, you're above two out of three. Oh yeah, that is true. So yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, that's above a three and two average for a week. So. Oh, def- oh, definitely. I'll give you that. Well, you sit high and pretty at 42 and 18. Chris and I are tied at 32 and 28. Chris Amen. with a tiebreaker to hold second place currently. I'm feeling good. Like, I'm four games above 500. This is better, this is better than I thought I'd be. Good you're doing, too. Yeah. yeah, this is a good year for you, Chris. Yeah. This is, this is solid. This is, nah, this, is, this is worse than what I've done in the past, but definitely I've done nothing to the level of what Liam's done. He stepped his game up this year. I mean, you can tell by his notebook over there, he has like a whole dissertation written out for, for every show. That's ju- that was college football. That has nothing to do with NFL. <laughs> okay, okay. I just kind of he keeps his sources private. I'm, no, I'm just trying to keep it my wits about me. You know, just pick smart for the most part. You know, not let emotions get the best of me or home field advantage get the best of me. That's what I used to do, and obviously it didn't work. So, I mean, I didn't really take a different approach. I've just been picking who I've been feeling. Well, who do you feel for the first game of this week? Jaguars visiting the Lions, two of the of the show's favorite favorite teams. I'd argue. I, I mean, I agree. 
And, you know. It's a tough game to pick. Yeah. Neither of these teams have had a really a bad streak of football the past three to four weeks. Uh, you know, the Lions, they, they played the Bills close last week. I mean, I watched a majority of that game and was happy with their performance even won. though they lost. I think they should have won. Out, but yeah. Took out your boy. Lamar. Hey, Mr. we had a phone Mr. call about this Mr. already. Oh, he's, he's a top 10 quarterback. Easy. He's good. He's talented. He's no. still probably close to a top Save, 10 quarterback. I'm saving this for well. next week, Chris. I'm saving this for next week. Depending on what happens. Depending yes. Depending on what happens. Unless uh, something ridiculous. Anyhow, out of my mouth. Yeah. I'm going to go Lions. I just I just got some faith in, in that ball squad. Chris. This, this is, is a, a tough one for me to pick. Uh, of course, my loyalty with Jacksonville is always there and has haunted me uh, recently. Every time I seem to pick them, they lose. Every time I every time I don't pick them, they win. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation for me. But I think with Jamison Williams potentially coming back in the lineup, our first, first start ever in the NFL this week would be huge. Um, this offense, every, everybody's playing well right now. I think Dan Campbell's rallying the troops like we thought he'd do from the beginning. But glad to see he's doing it now. I like uh, I like the Lions at home. All right, close I'm, win though. It's tight. It's a tight game. Yeah, I'll agree with everybody and go with the Lions at home as well. I just I think they're playing fuller football. I think you know the the win last week for for Jacksonville against the Ravens was you know it was a fourth quarter comeback, which the Ravens have led up a lot of those this season. I think it's like three or four now they've led up you know two possession leads in the fourth quarter at least. They're becoming the new Falcons. I guess it's just bird teams. Uh, that that ruined these games, but we'll make a clean sweep with the Lions here. I, I like Dan Campbell. They should have beat they should have beat the the Lions last week or the the Bills last week in the Thanksgiving game, and that was a fantastic game. Really proved a lot for what that squad's done this season. So I'll go with the Lions as well. Didn't think I was going to say this at the beginning of the season, but we have Commanders and Giants, which has major playoff implications for the NFC. Winner of this team, winner of this game, could obviously holds a big tiebreaker currently over one of those final remaining wild card spots and helps them in their case of maybe dethroning the Cowboys as the number two team in the NFC East or potentially trying to catch the Eagles still. Liam, what do you think in Commanders at the Giants? Um, Man, my gut's telling me the Giants. Uh, even the, the Commanders, have, they're, on a, they're on a dang good streak, honestly. I mean, their last big loss was to the Cowboys uh, – Back on October 2nd, I mean, they played the their two losses in that span of time are the Titans in which they lost by four and the Vikings in which they lost by three. All the rest are wins, including against the Eagles, who are arguably, you know, the best team. in it's the only loss. Yeah, the best team in the NFL right now. But something's telling me to pick the Giants, so I'm going to pick the Giants. Christopher. This is a tough one to pick. I think Washington's arguably the hottest team in football right now. I mean, I think because of Taylor Heineke, seven games. If we're being honest, six and one. If we're being honest, six and one. The goat led him, led them. If we are being honest, it has nothing to do with Taylor Heineke. Yes, it does. And everything to do with how well that defense is. I might have to buy a Heineke. I I need to buy a Heineke jersey. I will do it. I like that man. I'll. Mike White might be next on my list, but Taylor Heineke. No, might be maybe I gotta deviate from the Cowboys jerseys and buy a division rival. But this is like dang it if it's not said, Taylor Heineke. This is like what people said Gardner Minshew was was it. He was he was, go- he was hey, good. I think we were saying that on this podcast. Gardner Minshew, and I think you were partaking. He in is it. not even starting anywhere. I don't even know if he's a backup right now. Where is he? Where is he even at? Is he in Philly still? Where Where is he? I think he's still in. If, if he had gotten traded, it would have been major news because he's that guy. But um, it's that like guy. it's like Mahomes getting traded. But I think he's still in Philly. No. Um, 
I, I honestly think the commanders are going to pull this out. I think they have a really good interior to stop Saquon. Um, I think they can make Daniel Jones, you know, struggle a little bit, try and scramble and try and do things with his feet, which he has done before. And he's mm-hmm. quicker than everyone thinks he would be. But uh, I think with the level of play from the um, the commanders lately, I think they're going to keep that streak going. I think they know how much this game means. I think uh, obviously everyone's rallying behind Heineke. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna say they keep their their streak going. I think the Giants are kind of falling now, kind of what we expected them to be. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Commanders take advantage of that. I'm gonna agree with Chris taking the Commanders. Tyler Heineke, he's good, yes, but I do think the Giants are kind of on a downward trajectory in the last couple of weeks. Bad loss against the Seahawks. Then you come to Thanksgiving and Cowboys, you lose that game where you were leading at halftime, or yeah, they were leading at halftime. Yeah, and Dak was committing mistakes. Like, Dak, was, two Dak picks, was forcing man. mistakes. They had him on the ropes, and then the second half, they completely fall into that kind of that old Giants mentality, and the Cowboys finally found their offensive footing. But I, the Giants just feel like a team that might have peaked a little too early this year, and you know, full of credit to what what Brian Dable have done and Daniel Jones has done. But I mean, Daniel Jones isn't going to get a contract extension with the way he's played, even even this whole season. Saquon Barkley last week against the Cowboys was only held to 3.5 yards per carry. I believe that the interior of Washington will do a better job of that than even Dallas did. They average about four yards a carry and allowed. Uh, that defense has been playing good, and there's somebody coming back this week against the Giants. It's Chase Young. Yay Strong. He's coming Young. back, yes. Yay Strong. The Predator, baby. Yay Strong. He's ready to rock and roll. So I'll run with the Commanders as well. The defense is solid. I think Tyler Heineke is going to take care of business. But I think this is going to be a very close game, but – Commanders are, you know, they're, they're pulling out some some strings here at the end of the season, and they're, they're playing pretty good football. So I'll give them the nod there. Liam, Titans at Eagles, potentially the biggest game of the weekend. Titans trying to give the Eagles a second loss of the season and uh, stay in the race for that number one seed in the AFC. Who do you feel going here, King Henry or uh, Jalen Hurts? Uh, man, Jalen Hurts to me. Uh, you know, they were, they were playing some good offense last week. I mean, they scored 40 points. Uh and they just they just got it all going on offense. I mean, Miles Sanders is sneakily, you know, doing some of the most consistent running back work we've seen this season. Uh, and you know, the receivers are doing their jobs as well. I just, you know, if you stop Derrick Henry even a little bit, uh, it probably gives some breathing room for the Eagles. So I'm going to Eagles. Chris, how are you how are we thinking? Yeah, no, I mean. <sighs> You can look at this in a couple of ways. I know the Titans, like, every year they come in and they play, like, the best team in the league at the time, and they just go in and play a phenomenal football game and go in there and get a tough win. And you're like, man, maybe this Titans team is, you know, they they might have finally figured it out. They're a top team. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's definitely possible Derrick Henry, that guy could go off for 200 yards any day of the week. I mean, he's just that that type of guy. Mm -hmm. Twice on Sunday, which this game is being played. Yeah. So, I mean, could it happen? Yes. I don't think so. I think Philly's more well-rounded. They've just got that winning formula. Um, they seem to find ways to win no matter what happens. So i I got to go Philly here, especially in Philly. Yeah. As a Cowboys fan, um, we need the Eagles to lose one game in the next couple couple weeks in this in this last stretch of the season to give us the chance to control our own destiny, to beat them, and, and snag that number one overall seed from, from the Eagles for, the, for Dallas taking in the NFC. And this is probably the best chance for the Eagles to lose the rest of the way outside of Dallas or outside of potentially losing a trap game like the Washington Commanders that they did a couple weeks ago in an NFC East battle. But I don't know. I don't know how where I want to feel like this, but you see my Yeti right here? You know what? I'm not drinking water. This yeah. is pure liquefied hopium. 
and I'm taking the Titans. There you go, baby. I like it. A little something different. I like it. Fourth game of the week, Mike McDaniel revenge game. Two of the probably the more fun offenses, young offenses in the league. The Dolphins taking on Jimmy G and the 49ers and Christian McCaffrey and in San Francisco, Liam, how are we? How are we feeling? This is gonna, this is this is going to be a fun game. I feel like. Yeah, to me, this is the most fun game of the week with probably the biggest, not necessarily the biggest implications, but you know, it could take the the wind out of the sails for you know teams aspiring to go the distance this year. Mm-hmm. I think uh, McDaniel and Tagovailoa just ha- they have a great bond right now and are doing great. Uh, man, it, it. But I think it's hard to go against the Niners and. San Francisco, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Miami wins by four points. Ooh, Chris. This is by far one of the hardest games we've had all year. I mean, this is a good one. This is offense versus defense in a nutshell right here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, battle of two big-time teams, Tua, and that connection he has with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill is so deadly. I mean, it is. Um, Gosh. This is tough. Yeah. This is a tough one to pick. Uh, do you have my faith in Jimmy G to get the job done? I think I think I'm gonna go with San Fran in a tight game. I think it's not gonna be as high scoring as people think. Uh, I'm gonna say something along the lines of like, you know, 24, 21, you know, seven, 2017, something like that. But I say the Niners defense steps up. And uh, that offense, they still have weapons that they can use, and I think the Dolphins may falter a little bit there in the run game. So I'm going to go with the Niners at home. Yeah, I, I think this has to be said that this is, is this not the best game. I, this has to be like, I feel like this is up there with like one of the best games we've had in game picks this whole year. I mean, this, 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 this week, honestly, week 13, is one of the crazier ones, and looking at the, the last game is also going to be a really fun one as well. But... It was a blowout win for the Dolphins against the Texans, 30-15 to 15 last week. But I do want to add that uh, offensive tackle, uh, Taron Armstead, had a major injury last week. And as soon as he left that game, it was in the second half, it was late in the game, they could drop their starters, it was fine. But as soon as he left the game for that offense, they couldn't run the ball. They let up three straight sacks. And if he's out for an extended period of time, he's missing practice this week. I don't know if he's, he's going to be doubt- ready He's go. listed as doubtful. Listed as doubtful. Oof, I feel bad for if that guy's going up against Nick Bosa. That is not a fun matchup. If he's out, I think that I might take the 49ers in this game as well. It's going to be a tough for Mike McNeil to, gain, to to scheme up around the loss of him because the running game and all that's going to have to be very electric to help out. But I'm going to go with the 49ers here. We'll go with the clean sweep here. Although I do, I'm do, i surprised this was, a, this was a sweep, honestly. It's not a sweep. Liam Who picked the Dolphins. Dang it, Liam. Yes. We, McCa- put, on, we Mc- put him on an island twice now in Mc- games that could e- go either way. Yep, McCaffrey, Debo, and right. are both questionable, and uh, Eli Mitchell's out. So this is what happens when I'm googling stats at the same time you're saying something because yep. I don't write it down on my sheet. Elijah Mitchell's out already. Yep. He just came back like two weeks ago. Yep. That's how those running backs work. Dude, cut that guy. Two He's days away. ago. <laughs> two days ago is expected to miss six to eight weeks. Are you serious? I am dead serious. Season Cut over. that guy, man. Done. Get rid of Get him. Get your money back. Chiefs at Bengals, final game of the week for us. Oh, my God. This Rematch is of the Bengals. AFC Championship. They're so hot right now. Both teams are hot. Liam, how are we leaning? <sighs> Joe Shiesty. 
<laughs> this is tough. This is so hard. This is this is also one of the one of the best weeks of game picks. And it is in, in Cincinnati. I think oh these are my both gosh. game of the year contenders with that Vikings Bills game a couple weeks ago. Ah mm-hmm. uh, man, and oh Jamar man. Chase, I think it's coming back. Man, oh man. Let me let me look at these injuries real quick with the quickness. Uh, give your, me give me Cincinnati. Ooh-y. Give me Joe Burr. Jamar Chase is questionable. I don't care. Joe Mixon questionable. I don't care. Cheetah Bay Awuzie out on the IR. I don't care. (laughs) Dude, Cheetah Bay Awuzie has been balling this year. I know. I just like saying his name. So I think that's the first time we've named him this year. I I think not this year. He was an old cowboy. I love him. Uh, Again, he has the best name in in all of professional football. (laughs) I don't know. What's that one guy's name? Squirrel something. (laughs) Plays for Tennessee, I think. That's my favorite name in all of football. It's his first name Squirrel. I gotta find it. Hang on. Before he, we go anywhere, he else. plays for the Tennessee Volunteers. Okay. What is it? I don't know. If, is it Barstool or who does it that is like the top eleven or top fifteen? Barstool. Viewers? Yeah. Kool Aid. Best college football names. No. He's not a good name for you. No. Kool Aid. Kool Aid's pretty good. But I think Cheetah. I mean, Cheetah Bay Woozie isn't crazy. Squirrel White. Yep. Squirrel, Squirrel White. White. <laughs> Cheetah Bay Woozy will take take my award for best because it's not. It's I just not like weird. the name Squirrel Man. Squirrel's funny, but Cheetah Bay Woozy just rolls off the tongue in a way that no other no other name ever will. Yeah, I I do agree with Definitely that. Definitely better than Chris Fortenberry or okay. Liam Morley. All right, I mean, <laughs> Chris. coming at me like that. I, I appreciate it. Thanks, Hayden. Hayden Joyner's God. even worse. I just have like wise and very choppy. And so much better than Chris Fortenberry. What a loser. Thanks, Hayden. Ugh. Well, Chris Fortenberry, who are you picking this game? <sighs> this is. I mean, the Bengals seem to have the Chiefs number because didn't they beat them twice last year? I believe so, yeah. And they beat them, like, pretty good the first time they played them. And that was with Tyreek twice. Most of <laughs> most of the receivers are listed for the Chiefs as questionable as well, which means, you know, they're not necessarily all going to play to their strengths. And who did the Chiefs play last week? And they just they played the Rams, and they didn't, like, do anything special against the Rams. And the nope. Rams are so injured. They didn't need to. Yeah. <sighs> this is tough, man. If there's a lucky team out there, though, if it comes down the stretch, it's got to be the Chiefs. That's just Patrick Mahomes has got wands for his throwing hand. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, that Kelsey and Mahomes connection could just win games by themselves, which they do all the time. So, gosh, it's, who's out? Who's listed as questionable? Juju, Kadarius? Juju, Miko Hardman's on IR, yeah. uh, and Kadarius Tony is questionable you as well. You think that's stopping Mahomes, though? That's what I don't know. You, I got to go Chiefs. I got to go Chiefs. Just give me the Thank Chiefs. Thank you, Chris. Yes. Thank you. Put them on an island Chiefs. three times. I'll go with the Chiefs as well. Last time they played a... <laughs> I like being on an island, baby. It's I'm on island time, dog. <laughs> give me my mimosa right now, baby. <laughs> this is a this is a 425 kickoff. It will be nighttime at the end of this game. And I feel like anytime it's a away game against a AFC rival... In a nighttime, primetime kind of spot, because this will probably be Fox's game of the week or CBS's game of the week, whatever it is, whoever's broadcasting this CBS. game. CBS. Um, I can't I can't knock Mahomes. He did it against the Chargers. He didn't have to do it against the Rams, but I sure as know that he would have done it against the Rams if needed, and he'll do it against the Bengals. So I'll take the uh, the Chiefs here. Chris, we got we got we got a chance to make up some ground here this week. We know? have to, man. We're we ten games back. It. I mean, we got to do something. Yeah. Down do I care? No. <laughs> Sitting pretty, Liam. Sitting I, pretty. I wouldn't be surprised if I go five now. It could easily happen. Yeah. I mean, it could easily happen. Who'd you, who do you got? You got Lions, Giants, Eagles, Dolphins, Bengals. Yep. Yeah. And me and Hayden, we I got Lions, Commanders, Eagles, 
Niners, Bing, uh, Chiefs. We yeah. have the same, right, Hayden? Uh, we're switched on. Do we have the same? Y'all got me on an island have, in the, the Giants game. You y'all got me in the, right. on an island in this game, and y'all have me on an island. I don't know the other. I'm not on a single island, so I am on one island. Liam is on. Oh, three. and the Dolphins game. Yeah, Liam's on three. Yeah, Bengals, Dolphins, and Giants is what he's on. Are you an island boy? I'm an island boy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna about wrap us up for this show, guys. Thank you for going on. We got one more in the semester next week before finals kick off, and we go away for winter break. And we'll try to do like always breaks. We'll try to do some. We need to preview the college playoff. I think, yeah, this year especially yeah. warranted. There's there's a lot to talk about with college football, and the NFL playoffs will also kick off before we come back in the uh, in, in this for the spring semester. So we'll have to keep up with that. And if you're not aware, for any of you, I know you two are most likely aware. Chris might not because he thinks soccer is the dumbest sport in the world, but it's not tactical. He says 10 a.m. Eastern not, time zone. The Dutch versus so the the Dutch versus not. the U.S. Tune in. Christian Pulisic's coming back from having uh, whatever injury, whatever surgery you want to call it. Christian Pulisic, Captain America's Pelvic contusion. Liam. There you go. Thank the most, you. The most tactical sport? I would say yes. Chess. By far. No. Yes. Soccer is chess on a field, baby. No. Yes, it is. No. That's a good analogy. Chess isn't even a no, sport. No, because I can get a chess piece past another piece, uh-huh. and I don't get called for offsides for that, That's which fine. is stupid. Offsides is the worst rule in all of sports. Can I predict this game, Hayden? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going in this upset. I got U.S. winning 2-1. Give me goals by Weston McKinney with a strike from mm. outside the box. Mm. And give me a little Josh Sargent action. Okay. A little peaky blinder pass. Uh, wigging, zigging and zagging inside the box. I don't Get know. past him. I was feeling a Ryan Hill, Sheevan Kazama. And Jameer just baller yeah. type of type of move. I, hey, I, I I don't blame it, but I you know I think this I think this is going to be good for us to set us up for 2026. I think so. And getting past the first stage, getting to that final eight will be huge for the U.S. I mean, we couldn't do that in the last World Cup in 2014, even though that was the last time we made the World Cup in the round of 16. But I don't know what World Cup you've been watching, Liam, where you think we're scoring two goals in one game, and with Pulisic this is coming it. back off an injury, you think this is the game? Yeah. I, if I had to put my bet here, you know. If we if, hey, if we can do something defensively and just all they've got is Gakpo, and if we can kind of just keep Tyler Adams on Frankie DeYoung the whole game, mm-hmm. I think we, we have a very good chance. I mean, granted, they have two great center backs with Virgil van Dyke and Nathan Ake, but I think if we can slip past him with Sargent, and, I mean, McKinney's got to just – Glorious boot is a right foot. Are we and not feeling Pulisic scoring at all? I'm not sure wait, how. Wait, 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 wait. Say his name? Pulisic. I thought it was Pulisic. I wish, but okay. it's Pulisic. Sick? Pulisic. Yeah, Christian Pulisic. Oh, Pulisic. Man, out of Hershey, downer. Pennsylvania. I, I think I think we can get it. I mean, Sergio Dust had a lot of good services as well this past game, so if we can maybe convert one of those, uh, who knows what we can do. This is how it's going down. Because, I mean, I told you this before the game and or before the show – but, you know, the Earth's covered, covered 70% in water, and the rest of it's covered by Tyler, Tyler Adams. Adams. And I feel like the defense – I mean, the defense for, for the U.S. squad has been underrated uh, all term. I feel like. I mean, only one goal allowed so far, zero goals in game. It's only been the penalty kick, which was a, was a defensive mistake by Zimmerman. But 
it is what it is. Which they kicked them out for. I mean, and we had a whole European squad yeah. in last game. <laughs> Everybody played over in Europe for clubs. They, yeah. you know, didn't play in the MLS. I, I can see this being a zero-zero match up until penalties, and okay. you give so us there the will chance be there. Kicks in this if it yes, this is around. Yes. This there's no ties Thank in round of sixteen. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I mean, this is knockout round. Now. This is knockout. Yeah. Round. Can we get rid of that too? I mean, the whole ties <laughs> thing. Is that's, that's just how soccer works, buddy. Unfortunately, kicks every time. It takes what an extra hour at most. Unfortunately, I mean, Chris, you're in about the ten percent of the world who does not understand the World Cup. People in Antarctica do, I think, if there is people. They're educated. They're scientists. Yeah, yeah. but it makes no sense. It makes no like it does the ninety percent the world. My soccer guy. could be so much better of a sport if you just did things with common sense. Ratings. It's like somebody who had common sense did not even well, come it's, close it's, to it's the approach. It's because like every table system soccer. or group system, which like every league's a table system, it's meant as a with allowing ties to occur reward teams that can actually win games in the time that they're played. Ratings you know? on the same channel. On a weekday for the United States national team against England, have better ratings on a weekend in the same time uh, slot for the Ohio State Michigan game did, and that's just the United States. That's not the rest of the world. Yeah, it was the most overhyped game ever. It ended in zero zero. Nothing happened. It was boring. I can't talk nothing. to you. All Chris saw for I the can't. US it was England zero game. to zero. You don't understand the sport of soccer. What do you get out it of zero zero? It was a good game. game. What do you get out of that? No winner. It ends in a draw. You're Nobody so can claim stupid. it. You're so unreasonable. It's unbearable. So you're sitting here telling me that there is there is something to be gained out of a 0-0 game. We got a nothing. point which helped us propel us to the knockout round. Chris, That's so how soccer sat, works. You can leave that game satisfied. You, oh, my God. I just watched a great game that ended in a tie. You Next can, time I watch golf and a guy shoots even, I'm just going to turn off the TV. That's completely different. Throw hey, my remote they the don't TV end a, a tournament with, to a, people with a tie. Who don't, they never end a tournament To people a who understand golf or who understand soccer but don't understand golf, it is the same thing. No, because there's never a tournament that ends in a tie. Have you ever seen them say, oh, these guys tied for first. There's no Chris, playoff. Chris, Let's just give them both Chris, the same check the, with the, the same amount of money. The World Cup, which is a tournament, will not end in a tie. No, but a lot of regular soccer games end in a tie, and it's the dumbest thing ever. And you can win a whole season by a point, and that is why there are you ties. You've got it figured out college football. never. Is there you ever, can be, there's never a game that ends in a tie. Never. NFL still hasn't figured that out. <laughs> The NFL and soccer can can screw off because they don't know how to do things. There's never there should never be a game that ends in a tie. Lee, remember when I texted never. you and said I'm scared to bring up the World Cup on the show because I knew this would happen with Chris. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to go take a Jello shot when I get home. No, because the rest of the world, like the whole the whole point of soccer is the reason why they play it is because for one, it's probably one of the easiest sports to play, and two, it's the cheapest. All you need is a freaking ball, cheapest and, a, and, a, and shoes. Cheapest is true. Easiest is. Easy to play, hard to mask. And yet the it fact, pays the most. Listen, the fact that the United States is even somewhat of a contender in the World Cup should be a, an embarrassment to the rest That's of the world. That's because we're goaded. That's because we're playing in Europe for European clubs. You don't you don't understand, this man. Is the fifth, this is like the fifth sport I in the United States. I need you to try to understand for me, and you're not doing that. What what was the, what is there to understand? What's Where is soccer rated in the top sports in the United States? It's five going on four. Boom. Where is it rated everywhere else? One. Exactly. And, and the just fact shows that we're how competing, good the U.S. is. No, the fact that we're competing It's population-based. There's 300 and something million, almost 400 million people. If you can't get 22 good soccer players out of that many people, that's crazy. Our best athletes aren't even playing. That's a fact. The, I, the best I swear, athletes in the United I States swear, aren't even playing. Chris, did you get all your World Cup coverage from TikTok? No, that's he's getting I, it straight from Instagram. 
TikTok, Instagram, Chris is hearing. I don't. We watch, should start Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill as our strikers, and that the U.S. is going to be. <laughs> yeah, but you think that the guys that we have on the field right now are the best athletes in the United States for the game of soccer? You're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. Who, these guys are. Who like, could do better? These guys are like six-string athletes we have playing soccer right now. Jock Peterson was wide receiver one at high school that Devontae Adams went to. And where is he now? Not even in the NFL because he wouldn't make it in the NFL. Jock Peterson is a baseball player, Exactly, because he's not in the NFL because he couldn't make it, Liam. He's in playing baseball because he wouldn't have made it in the NFL. I'm just saying there are people who can do good things in different ways. Not a single soccer player on the United States team right now could play another sport because the only thing they can play, the only thing they're good good enough to play is soccer because it's not a very tough game And that's why they're in the World Cup because they're good enough at soccer. Yeah, they're good enough at soccer, and congrats to them for being good enough at soccer, but they wouldn't make it on a football field, that's for dang sure. Anyways, to finish my prediction, 0-0 penalty kicks, the Golden Glove nominee who should win it, Matt Turner, will lead us to salvation. And we right win. now we got Chesney to beat with Poland. He's been in He's been pretty good in that, too. I say we win 4-2, 4-3 in penalties on a 0-0 draw through extra time. That's my prediction. Mark it. The only Dutch I like is Max. I don't like these Dutch. I, only like I like Max. Frankie de Jong. I wish he'd come play for Manchester United so bad. Did you hear that Ronaldo's close quote to signing with that Saudi Arabian club that offered him like $200 million? I thought it was more than that. I thought it was like three hundred and fifty. All I heard, all I saw on the quote, the, what I saw this morning was, quote, he's close to signing. $350 million to get mad and leave a, a field is like he's probably going to do again. That's why people Chris, like I want Messi. you to live stream on Instagram you watching this game this weekend just so I can I can see your thought process. Oh, you can see me fall asleep while I'm streaming? Because that's exactly what I do. That sounds unpatriotic. Unpatriotic? Since when is soccer a patriotic game? It is in the World Cup. Oh, my God. I'll tell you, this is the most United I've seen the country's country in a, in a while. Definitely. Cheering for this team. So. Last about eight years of presidency for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I got a minute left in this timer, so we'll get out of here. But 10 a.m., Eastern Standard Time, Netherlands versus the United States, round of 16 in Qatar, Cater, whatever, Qatar, whatever you want to call it. I say Qatar because I'm normal. Yeah. Watch it, 10 a.m. It'll be a great game. Remember to follow us on Instagram, at OffTheBenchXLR. You can catch up all with the show. Get all kind of quotes, statistics, and more. That's at OffTheBenchXLR on Instagram. Follow us on our social media or our podcasting Network, we are Off The Bench on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you listen, that is Off The Bench. And you can find all episodes from all three seasons and the season four of Off The Bench. That is over 80 episodes of the show. That is Off The Bench on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Chris and Liam, it was a pleasure. It was. Chris, watch the World Cup. Liam, uh, no. Like I said, I'd rather watch cars go in a oval. Well, good. You can do that for you can do that for next semester. Got thirty six races to do that next year. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can guarantee that I will watch more of that than the than the World Cup. Go America! All right. Remember to stay in the game and off the bench, and have a good night. <laughs>